Hello again listeners and welcome back to the Koto Classic FPL podcast. This is the pre-season episode 1. So we are back getting prepared for the new season 2021-22 uh, FPL season. So before I go ahead, um, first things first, Chama, how's it going? Cool man, boy, why you back? Nak nak. Why you cool man? Why you fine man? Be like, so I'm sure that yangi yangi prayers, ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go now. Yeah, I think uh my FPL mode is kicking in now, so I'm thinking more about FPL as the day goes by. So yeah, I am ready to go now. I can't wait for the start. That's perfect. It seems like this season is going to be a very competitive season because already, like I was saying earlier. The number of managers in the 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 game so far is 1.2 million, and it just started. In fact, just I don't even know people are just drafting yeah. their teams. But then it's I don't think it's ever been this high before the game even uh, the season even started. So yeah, they're gonna expect more numbers than last season. Obviously, definitely. Yeah, um, I think the numbers in keep increasing every year. I think oh. this season. I think last season, uh, by the end of the season, we hit like 10 million. Yeah. Really? I thought it was. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, 10 million hit. They hit 10 million. But of course, you have to uh, pick uh, uh, the dead teams. The, the dead teams and <laughs> yeah, those the dead teams, teams, yeah. Are, are multiple, multiple teams. teams. Multiple, yeah, definitely. Yeah, all those things. Are, but yeah, still, it, 10 still, million. It's still higher than, 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 than it's ever been. Yeah. It's very high. Yeah. Okay. So today we'll be talking about um, the player team performances of last season, 2021, uh, 2020, 2021 uh, season. And then we'll do our first draft. I think obviously we know that we are always changing our teams, but this is just the first official draft for both of us. So we'll discuss yeah. it and have some questions or question each other about um, what that the strategy is. Why are we having these uh, kind of players in our team and what's the thinking behind the whole um, draft? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Chama, first things first, this is your area, your area of expertise. The performance is based on our stats and how yeah. uh, where the, okay, which players were the most effective or the, the underwhelming players, the overperforming players ones we should look out for uh, last season and going into this season so let's start discussing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a bit numbers thing you know this is a lot of numbers here big chances the xgi and stuff like that but yeah we try to make it as brief as possible as somewhere like make it a summary um basically um what are what we want to talk about is about the team and player performance of last season uh based on try to tailor it towards fpl needs because in terms of FPL, we know it's all about goals, assists, and clean sheets and stuff like that. But here we focus a little bit more about attacking. Um, so in terms of goals and assists, it can be a measure based on uh, in terms of chances that a player have to have the, the, the idea how the player was performing. Sometimes the goals, they might score a lot of goals, but they might not perform to that level. Sometimes they might score less goals and they might not perform to that level. Likewise for team. So we are just trying to look at the numbers and see who we are performing well last season and who we are overperforming and who we are underperforming. So basically, that's what we're going to do. So first, we look at the team performance of last season. Um, as you can see on your screen right now, um, the teams, the whole league, there was the 20 teams. If we look at, if we sort them based on big chances involvement, big chances involvement is a very basic metric, which is like, the big chance, like a, ch- a chance that a player has that is expected to score or a chance that is created by a player that his teammate is expected to score. So based on big chances involvement over the course of last season, 
the top 20 teams. Yeah, um, not, to, we, we, not to cut you off, but um, this is a very visual port. So uh, we'll try as best as possible for those of us, uh, for those of the listeners that are not really plugged into our YouTube, you can check it out. Uh, we'll post this clip there as well, uh, this episode. But um, for the podcast listeners, we'll try as much as possible, or I will try as much as possible to try and maybe give you the, the, the mm-hmm. numbers and, yeah, just to explain it so that you can better understand what uh, we are talking about. Yeah, go on, Chama. Yeah, um, looking at the table, um, the top three teams in terms of big chance involvement were, of course, Liverpool were the highest, followed by Manchester City and Manchester United. So that's why Liverpool is usually a very good team when it comes to FPL. That's why they get a lot of attention in their attacking, attacking tag. So Liverpool had 178 big chance involvement overall in the whole team. Man City had 174. Manchester United in third had 153 big chances involvement. So this tells you that um, Liverpool players should have given you about 178 returns. And then you look at that and then you transfer that into their XG performance and their goal involvement. Liverpool only scored 114 goals, whilst Man City scored 140 goals, which was about 24 goals or 26 goals more than Liverpool, even though Liverpool has more big chance involvement and stuff like that. So for that reason, um, Liverpool kind of really underperformed last season in terms of attacking uh, threat. They only, their XG, their goal involvement minus their expected goal involvement was minus 18. So that is a huge underperformance of minus 18 goals. Liverpool should have scored or involved in 18 more goals over the course of the season. Whilst Man City slightly overperformed, but that is normal, 6.88 goals involved. Manchester United and Tottenham were one of the biggest overperformers of last season yeah. with 16 and 18 goals. So what does that te- what does that tell us going into next season? In terms of teams, um, we all know these are all quality teams. They are all quality teams, so they will score goals. They will have chances. So you wanna have you wanna pick players from teams that gets a lot of chances. So these are teams that you will target. But then if you wanna say that Liverpool's overperformance was based on lack of quality in terms of finishers. It can be an explanation, but it may be also yeah. a bit of unlucky from maybe opponent's goalkeeper was having a, a game changer in that game or something like that. So sometimes, this, this is where, for me, numbers become important to know who was performing and who was underperforming. But then the eye test will tell you, was the underperformance based on quality or based on uh, opponent having a very good game or something like that. So it's difficult to... Uh, bring all together and then make one definite decision. But it helps you, gives you an idea, gives you a context of what is happening. Where you should so, yeah, focus all your your um, your big hitters or where the budget of your team mostly should be focused on. I, I think mm-hmm. I think with Liverpool, I think we already had this conversation, I think probably in one of our, our previous episodes. The thing is yeah. that um, the quality is there. We already know, but they were suffering an issue of um, confidence. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, in the Premier League, there's always something that I've always noticed. When you win the Premier League, the next season is always difficult for the defending champion because all the teams that are there are coming to like make a statement. You understand? Okay, we are playing the champions of last season, so we have to keep our best. You know, So it's always difficult for the, the, the previous champions to come and dominate how they dominated the previous season. Absolutely. We've seen this with Man City and Man United and the Chelsea's and everything. So the the, the next season is always difficult because I think Chelsea, apart from Man- Manchester United, Chelsea is the only one that has actually won it consecutive times, like twice. Mm-hmm. Even Man City, I haven't done that yet. So it tells you how difficult it is for the dominating team or the uh, the winner of the previous season to continue that uh, form of dominance. But you can tell by this. To be honest, I didn't know that Liverpool were still this dominant, regardless of how bad of a season that we all thought that they had. So it wasn't as bad as people thought it was, actually. 
be honest. Ex- you know? Ex- exactly, especially in attacking yeah. attacking. In attacking, yeah, that's 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 something that has opened my eye. Yeah. Go on. So what yeah, one team very very interesting here is um Brighton. I think we talk a lot about their defensive potential. They keep they were very good defensively. But attacking wise too, looking at their attacking numbers, they had like one hundred and eleven big chances involvement. They finished 11th in the table. But that was like start from bottom when it comes to overperformance and underperformance. Like uh like their involvement, like uh they underperformed by minus twenty-three, which was the third lowest or in the in the Premier League. So they were not also combining chances. They were not only bad defensively last season. They were also bad attacking wise. I know going into next season everybody is think, is targeting Brighton defenders like the goalkeeper Sanchez and like the defenders because they really underperform in terms of defense. But in attack too their underperformance was very very high. The only two teams that underperform uh more than Brighton over the course of this season were relegated. Were Fulham and Sheffield United. So they really underperform, but in that context, you can say that it was lack of quality in terms of their attack. That is exactly what I was coming yeah. to. I think yeah. they they create chances as a team. If you watch them play, you are impressed by the amount of chances that they have. The problem yeah. is the strikers that they have are not the top. They're, they're not, not top strikers. You can't say that they are like um, strikers that you can rely on. Even if Absolutely they had a Bamford, not. a Bamford that misses a lot of chances. If he was in Brighton, he would have scored most of those chances. That's how Absolutely. bad or how underperforming their strikers are. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why their strikers is something I am very interested on in going into next season. Not the ones that are there right now, but if they were to sign, Incoming, if they should sign, yeah, if they should sign another yeah. striker, yeah, it should be exactly. That's why, yeah, I don't see any links with Tammy Abraham. But for example, if they get a Tammy Abraham of Chelsea, it would change. Um, we will get in our draft teams, and Tammy is currently in my draft team <laughs> in anticipation of things like that. But we will get there later. So if they were to sign a very good striker you will expect Brighton to be very good when it comes to converting chances. And you will also see this when it comes to player performance. Brighton player, Brighton striker was the biggest underperformer of all players in the game. Like, attacking-wise, which we will get, get to. So, yeah, in terms of attack, in terms of attacking teams, yeah, this is it. Um, like you said, confidence is very important. Liverpool were significantly suffering from confidence. Teams like Tottenham and Manchester City, like the attacking players, at least Kane and Son, they were booming in confidence. They were overperforming. They were doing a lot of good things over the course of the season. Man United, too, attack-wise, they were doing exceptionally well, I, I think. So, but yeah, confidence. This just uh, uh, reinforces that idea that confidence is the very important. It's, the, it's a very important thing. So, I think we can move to defensive-wise. Um, okay. Defensive defensive start. Um, this one shows the def- defensive performance of teams, but it only focuses on big chances because there is nothing like big chance involved, like like created or something. It's, it's all about big chance conceded. There, there, there is no creation of big chance. I don't know if you understand what I mean. So yeah, it, it means, it means yeah, it means how many chances maybe the, the, the attack the opposing team maybe yeah, exactly. uh, how many created against yeah, against them. So that means if the, if the defense is really organized, you don't really get those chances. Exactly, yeah. and then if you look at these numbers against Manchester City, it was at the top. So Manchester City is at the top of all, all, all the categories when it comes to attack, when it comes to defense. This is why they were the South winner. So because winning a game, winning a winning a league or something, it's not only about scoring the most goals. It's all it's finding the balance defense, between attack yeah, and, the ba- attack and defense, that is exactly yeah. what Man City find. They were in the top two for attack. They were in the top two for defense. Chelsea, they are second in defensive wise. But then you look at their attack was very bad last season. So there was not balance between them. So Man City found the right balance last season. That's why they were the champions. I think that's why they, in terms of numbers, that 
yeah, I think they were the champions. I think what happened last season was that was it, was it the opposite? They yeah. had Diaz coming to the team, uh-huh. and then Stones was supposed to be the one that was out. So it was supposed yeah. to be Diaz and Laporte. But exactly. then instead, Laporte was injured, and then Stones came and then formed a partnership with Diaz, and then yeah. they became a formidable partnership and they built from the back. So they started yeah. with good defense, and then they switched to like the midfielders scoring the goals. So that's when they went on that 20, 20, is it 20 game unbeaten run. And they just Absolutely. came from somewhere and then just just took, took over the league just like that. And that was when that happened, we just knew that that was the end of it. Because that at the time Manchester Absolutely. was on top. So we just knew that there was no way of catching them. So they were on fire, honestly. So yeah, that, that makes the, sense. That is, that is the complete opposite of Chelsea. Chelsea last season started decent attack wise with Lampard. They were good in attacking, scoring goals here and there. And then at this end of the season. Uh, they started being a very defensive team. Very defensive, defensive team, team. yeah. So yeah. They, they build from the attack and then go down. So so instead of building from the back and going up, they build from the attack and then in the end of the season, they were much better defensively instead. Yeah, and they were not scoring goals. And that cost them maybe, they finished fourth in the table in the end and even Liverpool finished ahead of them. So things like that. But yeah, I think they were pretty poor when it comes to attack. But they are defense. Look at them they are right there, number two. Only Manchester City considered less big chances than Chelsea last season. And number three again, Brighton. Brighton. I think this is why everybody is interested in Brighton. They were the third, uh, they considered the, the, the third least number of big chances over the course of the season, of only 50. Chelsea considered 40. Uh, uh, Man City considered 36. To put it into context, Liverpool considered 80 big chances. That is 30 more than Brighton. Wow. <laughs> but of course, we can oh, we, we can explain why that happened. Liverpool were there with like a Being, uh, and, people and, over people and, over cracks. They were using different midfielders to <laughs> to play defense. defense and, and, and therefore, and, obviously, if you take the, your best players in midfield and you put them in attack, who's going to replace those midfield players? Because the yeah. midfield is the first line of defense, actually. So you cannot exactly. just use midfielders as defenders. So what's going to happen? It's the team exactly. suffers as a whole. So exactly. yeah, honestly, okay. So, so if you look at our performance here too, Leeds United, another interesting one. And people, um, I can remember Ben coming to the pod last season, around the first game of the season, where he was talking about Leeds. He will never get a Leeds defender, something like that, because they, they, they consider a lot of chances. But Leeds consider a lot of chances because they are okay with it. They are comfortable, they are goalkeeper facing this chance because they trust their goalkeeper to save the chances. They have a very, very good goalkeeper who can make a lot of saves. So that's why they have like, Minus 11.36 of big chances, minus, almost minus 12 big chances. That is the highest of... No team has less, more than 10. They, like, in terms of big chances, like the overperformance in terms of big chances. Uh, overperformance in terms of XG and X, X, XGC. So Leeds had minus 11 XGC, which is... Uh, they were expected to concede 11 more goals than, than they conceded. But they ended up conceding 53, and they conceded 83 big chances. So they are... A big chance conceded and their goals conceded was look the difference was 30. so which was very very huge and what will you attribute this to if you are not watching a football game you will say okay uh they have been a very lucky team they should concede more but if you watch the games you will see oh they have a very good goalkeeper who saves a lot of good 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 chances so and in fpl you want to find a goalkeeper who saves chances that's what you, want. you don't, yeah. want, you don't right. want your goalkeeper to face big chances because you will be at the edge of your seat all the time and because they have big chances to face. But if they are facing chances and saving chances, that is what you, what you want from your goalkeeper. Considering a lot of chances 
bonus points. Yeah. Yeah. Potential for bonus points, yeah. Exactly. Potential for bonus points. Potential for like extra points, save points. Extra points, save like points, yeah. Yeah. Even penalties too. You never know, yeah. But that's true, yeah. But Leeds too, it was it was the opposite. They started off the season like playing dynamic football, you know, going up and down the pitch with their energy, high yeah. energy, high octane game. But then they were conceding as well as scoring. But then at the end of the season, they wanted to consolidate their position. So they started defending more. They were not as, you know, uh, dynamic okay. as they were in the beginning. So most of the games that they, they were playing at the, latter stage, at the latter stage of the season, it was a very, you know, um, close game. 1-0, yeah. you know, all those kind of games. Especially the game with Manchester, which was surprisingly, the first leg was very, very entertaining. And the second leg was just, <laughs> you know, a board draw. But yeah, understandably. Yeah. So Brighton, how about Brighton? What do you think of Brighton? I think uh, every, I think Sanchez is the most popular goalkeeper going into next season because of Brighton's cleanest potential. Yeah, that's not a surprise. But then the ceiling is very low, right? Because they don't concede a lot of chances, and uh, Sanchez has not been te- has not been tested enough to understand if he is a goalkeeper who can make a lot of saves if Brighton concede a lot of chances. So that's why his ceiling is a little bit low. So, because look at their XGC, it's about two. So, they were expected to concede two more goals or something like that. But it's not much difference there. Maybe it's almost accurate. It's accurate, yeah. But accurate, it's almost yeah. accurate. Yo. So, see, they, they, they get what you get what, 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 what you see. So, in terms of saves, I'm not expecting uh, Sanchez to make a lot of saves next season or to give you a lot of bonus points. I think his ceiling as a goalkeeper is six, seven, maximum seven. But that's the difference with Leeds. The ceiling of the goalkeeper is 11 points or 10 points. Last season, I think he get double digits or four or five times over the course of the season. I don't think any goalkeeper get close to that, except Martinez, of course, because Martinez, course, Martinez has a high yeah. ceiling too, of Aston Villa. So, but then you have to consider the prices and here, here and there. So, but I like, I really like Leeds goalkeeper um, because of, of course, they consider a lot and they have a quality goalkeeper. For that, for those two reasons. I so like you think them. you think they will continue this trend uh, with this, in this upcoming season? I think it's going to be the same the second season. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I, I think so. I think so because um, second half of the season, like you say, they were much better defensively, and this kind of uh, happened when Lorente, the Spanish centre back, was because he made his uh, debut in, in November. Uh, he was he was a signing for them in like last season, but he was injured for the start of the season. But when he came into the team. Leeds were keeping cleanses like 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 almost every other week, and they were defending very well, and they were still conceding chances. But then you yeah. have the quality of it was limited, in, yeah, okay. in those saves. So I think they will be much better, and they have one year experience in the Premier League now. They are no more that team that we like team of uncertainty. We don't know now. Everybody know who Leeds are, and so, they are not a small team. They will, I think I it's think going to be tougher for them. It's going to be tougher for them, <laughs> yeah, because that's one thing I also like about the Premier League is that yeah, it's not a one t- one trick. Pony league, like mm-hmm. if you get away with something in the first season, be rest assured that managers will be waiting. They will have a strategy in place for the second season when you come in. So it's going to be a bit difficult for them. But I would, obviously, we all like seeing Leeds play. They are very entertaining uh, uh, team to actually watch. So I'm excited for them to see what what happens in the, in this upcoming season. Honestly, yeah, it will be interesting. But I I see them as a team as a big team. Um, okay. Of course, they were in the championship for 16 years, for 17 years. They are in the championship not uh, being able to come back to the Premier League. But as a club, I see Leeds as a big team. I see them in the levels of Everton. I see them in the levels of West Ham. I see them in the levels of, you know, that mid-range, a little bit big team. Not not their Aston Villas, exactly. 
they just came in recently back. Um, but I see leads in that category. And that one year experience for them helps them, you know, get used to back to the Premier League. And now this second season, they will they can build on that. Yeah. They, are, they can build on that, just like Aston Villa did. You know, Aston Villa, the first season, they almost get yeah. relegated. They almost got it. They, they, they became the, the big team. Yeah, they, yeah, last season, they were exceptional, to be honest. Everybody loved so, watching yeah. them, yeah. For me, I expect Leeds to, to get better. And they signed a, a couple of new players, I think. The new left-back from Barcelona, which was their weakness. Left-back was their weakness last season and midfield. So they have to fill in Dallas in midfield. So Dallas now can settle finally into the midfield. And they have a new left-back who is a very good left-back. So... Hopefully, if he if he settles into the team, I think Leeds and they don't lose any of their important players like the, the Rafinhas. Rafinhas, yeah. They don't lose any of these players. They will do better, I think, for me. Okay. Yeah. So coming so next, the, the players, attacking players, yeah, attacking players based on goal involvement. Of course, Kane had the highest goal involvement last season with thirty-seven, um, uh, followed by Bruno Fernandez, thirty-two. Vardy had 29 big like gold involvement, but mostly it was in penalties. But and then yeah, in the second yeah. half of the season, Vardy's situation was very strange. <laughs> in the first half of the season, he was scoring a lot of penalties. In the second half of the season, he was making a lot of assists, which is not Vardy. He is usually a scorer. So that was the strange thing. Um, and now they have a third striker in the, what's his name again? Um, uh, the one they sent from Salzburg, the the Zambian guy. So now Vardy can. Yeah, I don't know if he will, and he's old now, so I'm not sure. But uh, I haven't, I haven't heard from. I think I, I didn't hear that news, but yeah, that's interesting. I think the thing with Vardy is that uh, I don't think anybody expected, even the team didn't expect that he was going to be um, performing at this level for this long. So I think last season was the season where we really, where he really showed his age, yeah. because he was battling or he was playing through some injuries, you know, um, the niggling injury. So he wasn't really performing like the way he was supposed to perform. I don't know if that's going to get better or it's going to get worse. Maybe this season he might get over the injury and then the speed, the aspect of the speed starts reducing. You lose, a, a, you know, one or two yards there as a player and he really relies on his speed for him yeah. to perform. I don't know how he's going to change his game to be able to, to cope, but um, it's going to be interesting. I don't think he's going to have as much of a good season even though last season was all penalties, obviously, we all know this, but yeah. we'll see how it goes, yeah. Because Leicester is still a good team. Either way, Hinacho is there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. Hinacho is there, and they, they signed, like I was saying, I just checked, uh, Paston Daka from Salzburg. Ah, Daka, yeah, I've heard, I've heard the he's, name before. He's an okay. exceptional goal scorer. He's a very, very, very good goal I'll keep, scorer. I'll keep my eyes on him, because, yeah, I'm always yeah, about Of course, of course. <laughs> I think when he starts, he's also 7.5 million like, like, like Hinacho. I think he's he a must be highly rated. He's highly rated. He's, he's, more, he's, he's a better striker than, than Hinacho, and I think, <laughs> to be wow. honest, he scores like 32 goals. Or 30, he was in the Champions League, and yeah, I think he did not score in the Champions League because he was injured most of the time. But okay. he's a very, very lethal goal scorer. Liverpool played Salzburg last season in preseason, and he scored okay. two goals, I think. He okay. got, he, the, the game was 2 2, and he got, scored. That was the first time I saw him, and then I kept kept tabs with him. And yeah, he, he actually he replaced Haaland when Haaland went, went to Dortmund. Oh, and he okay. did the same thing or even better than what Haaland did there. So is it in the is it the same age age as Haaland or is is older? I think he's a little bit older than Haaland, maybe twenty two or twenty three. If I'm not wrong, he's twenty two okay. or twenty three. Ah, a little bit good. older than uh, older than Haaland. But he was doing like I was listening to a podcast uh, about uh, about about Salzburg, and then they have a fantasy league too in in in, in Austria. So they say he's the chief code there. So you have to get him every week and captain him every week because he will give mm-hmm. you an attacking return. That's the type of thing. Okay. But of course, the leagues are different. The quality of the leagues are different and stuff like that. So yeah. you cannot, yeah. 
So yeah, um, interestingly, Kane, uh, the highest performer of last season, last season with forty six big chance involvement. He was the highest when it comes to big chance involvement. Um, he was also the highest um overperformer of the season. But that is a very, very, very good thing for FPL managers because why, why do you think? Why why do I think that is? You want your player to get chances, right? You want yes. your player to be the highest number of chances. The players you get, you want them to be the highest number of chances. And Kane is that. And then, if you are getting the highest volume of chances, and then on top of that, you are overperforming on top of that, this is a dream of FPL player. But Kane's situation is a bit uh, tricky this time around. Yeah, that's, why, that's, why, that's why it's good to have a draft, but then it's also good to make sure that you keep tabs on what is happening in the distance transfer window. Yeah. Because number one, he's just back from the Euros. Uh, that's one. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah. they have a new coach. <laughs> Three, Man City has bid over hundred million for him. For him, yeah. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe um, it's a good thing that he went to the Euros because they were giving maybe a bit uh, about a week or two for him to settle. But there's a lot happening. If he goes to Man City, obviously he's going to play and he's going to be in almost everybody's team. But if he doesn't, the way um, what's what's your former coach's name again? Uh, Benitez. Benitez, the way he plays, he's more of a defensive no, type. Uh, no, 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 went to Everton. Benitez went. No, oh. no, went to Aston, Tottenham. Benitez went to Everton. Oh, oh, okay, he's the other way around. Okay, yeah. um, the Wolves coach, I can. Okay, that's that's fine. I think I like him. He's more of an attacking type of uh, coach. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but yeah, I was. I'm keeping tabs on it. I'm not really sure yet uh, whether to keep him uh, to have him in my team because it's expensive. Uh-huh. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, what are your thoughts on Kane for, for now? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, he's very expensive, and uh, usually I prefer a midfielder at that price than a striker at twelve point five million. This is why Aguero was never a darling for me when it comes to FPL because his price, I feel, it was too expensive. But yeah, yeah, I think I, 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 I should have get him more than I, I did. But with Kane, there is still Bruno Fernandez. There is still Salah at the same price range. And these are midfielders, and they are producing similar numbers, not exactly yeah, the same numbers yeah. as him. They are producing similar numbers as him. So if they have the same number of goals and assists, or if Kane beats them by two or three, like he did last season, then obviously the midfielders have a better value because of the extra point for goal. The extra, the extra point as midfielder, yeah, definitely. So that goal is the only downside of owning Kane. But as an FBL asset, he's exceptionally perfect. He gives you the highest number of big chance involvement. And then he give, and then on top of that, he's a quality finisher. So he finishes yeah, yeah. chances yeah. that he has. So he's a dream of an FPL player. The only downside is he's not a midfielder; he's a striker. So if I have, I don't think I don't think you like expensive strikers. <laughs> no, expensive no, because strikers. of the because of the midfielders we have. So you cannot go for yeah, the strikers. Yeah. Midfielders give you more value. So that's the thing. But if I could get all three of them, maybe I would. But yeah, I, it it will take a lot of my budget and things like that. But yeah, I keep tabs with Kane. I know he's exceptional, and but but yeah, unfortunately he will not be in my draft for the start. Even the same with me. The same with me too. Yeah, I don't think I'll have yeah. him in my draft. Maybe I want to see how things uh, pan out in the next few weeks. We'll get more information uh, on on the situation and see, because mm-hmm. you don't want to miss out also when he starts starts banging like last season. Uh, that was the mistake I made. <laughs> Kane and Son, I didn't start with them, and then I, I regretted it. So from game week one, I was already behind. So that that's not gonna happen again. But yeah. Exactly. And then you see uh, Son here, he's like 
overperforming by four. Kane and Son combined, they only they all they all combined like for overperformance of ten. That's why the overperformance of, of of Tottenham as a team was very high. Man, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and then you look at Liverpool, Mane and Salah, they all underperformed by almost six. If you combine their Firmino ten, if you combine Mane, Firmino, Salah, it's minus ten underperformance. So yeah, with Salah, I can say. I, I can say he's not the top top finisher, but he gets chances. Chances. Kane is yeah, a better finisher than Salah. Yeah. Mane last season, Mane usually used to be a player who finished his chances, half chances and here. But last season he was suffering from low confidence, like you say. Low so he was not I think low, the low confidence, but also he wanted to improve his stats, his numbers, uh-huh. as compared to Salah. Yeah. I think there's a time, there's come a time in Liverpool where. Mane feels like he's a better player than Salah, and he wants to prove that by, yeah, of course. you know, by getting by, all the goals and the assists. You know, yeah, that doesn't yeah. help the team per se. But I think um, he needs Salah to recognize the fact that he's also one of the top players in the team. Yeah, you know, they should, they should, they should share that responsibility. They should work together, right? Yeah, That's they should work thing. together. Yeah, they should just set it out and work together. Firmino is always going to get negative. That's fixed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get So he this time is irrelevant, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to underperform. He will be yeah. involved in a lot of chances, but he's just a bad, <laughs> he's just a bad finisher. Just normal for, that's just for me, no yeah, for you. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a poor finisher, I think. He's a poor finisher. But mm-hmm. yeah, he will always be there. But yeah, of course, um, his importance is far more than the, the chances. That's why we can just ignore what he does. Just ignore, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, but his his, yeah, his involvement is is more is beyond uh, the stats. It's about the, the way Liverpool play. So if you watch the game then you understand that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, let's 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 look at the top overperformance and the top underperformance and then move okay. to the to the to, to, to our drafts, I think. Yeah, we can go to uh, our draft after after this one. Overperformance. The top, of course, Kane is at the top. Holding, holding overperformed too. People, it's surprisingly, but it's surprising. Yeah, it is. Um, Bale, but Bale is no more in the league. Lingard. <laughs> so I know everybody is thinking about Lingard, but he was the fourth highest overperformer, even though he started this season, second half of the season. Second half of the season, yeah. He was the fourth highest overperformer of the season. So what do you make of that? He only involved in nine big chances last season, and then he ended up with fourteen goals. Or assist. What do you mean? I think Lingard? I think um, Lingard's impact for West Ham might be a bit of luck, but also a bit of confidence because you mm. go to it, you leave Manchester like a big team where you, you, you hardly get games, and then you go to a team, a mid-table team that uh, let's say you know for a fact that your quality is gonna is gonna is gonna shine, and they just let him do what he does best, you know. Mm-hmm. Just run around and create chances, and that's what Lingard likes. He likes for you to like make him the center of the the playmaking. Mm-hmm. And he's always that's why when he got figured out, it was difficult for him to perform again. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because once you figure him out, then it's a problem. But when when he came, nobody were, like could tell you what his role was in the team. You see him attacking almost in the striking position, you know, creating chances, and you know he was enjoying himself. But I think he if he's gonna end up in West Ham again, he needs to uh, try to. Find a more sustainable way of of uh, contributing to the team. Yeah, because they have a good. I think they have they have a good team. Yeah, they have a good team. He just needs to find his role and solidify it in West Ham. But I don't yeah. think he wants to go. I think he still wants to fight for for a chance in Manchester. But I don't think Manchester is the place for him. To be honest. Um, yeah, I don't think we so. Have, I think we just have too many too many quality players right now. Yeah, if he's a Manchester United player, he's gonna just be in the fringes on, on the bench. Then, you know, yeah, so. 
because West Ham really like him. They value him. The players like him. He brings a kind of order to the to the, the dressing yeah. room. You know, he's a, he's exactly. a fun guy to have around. To be honest, yeah. But I, know, this career needs that. He needs that. Yeah. Yeah, and and number five, uh, Pepe. I know he scored four goals in the last two games of the season. Oh, what's his name doing there? What his name? Is... <laughs> yeah, but because he, really? because he overperformed. Wow. Like in the last two games, he was scoring a lot uh-huh. of half chances here and there. Scored four goals, and then all of a sudden, Pepe is a like the best asset coming from Arsenal <laughs> going into next season. I know, oh, obviously, are talking about things because especially people who think about form, you know, who like maybe. Maybe you are thinking about him because you are a form type of a manager, so kind of. Oh, it's, it's never crossed my mind because his his price has always been too expensive for me. I don't think he's worth that price at all. Yeah, but he's he yes. started at nine point five when he first came to the league after his seventy million signing. Now he's seven point five. So we you... I think he should be around seven or six point five. Uh-huh. Six point five. It's it's fine. And the reason we have him pegged at that is because of the price that they that Arsenal bought him for. That's the only reason. Exactly. You know? And last season, you know, this guy, William from uh, Chelsea, going to, to um, Arsenal. Arsenal, you know, the first few games, we thought, oh, this was the guy to have in your team, but then he just faked us. <laughs> and then just went back to his normal self. So, Arsenal never really had any player that was on form, apart from Lacazette, obviously. Lacazette, at some point, he was the main man. But then I think got injured or something. I can't remember. But let's yeah. just Arsenal. Even... Obama Young that everybody thought was going to be like a reclassified player, a striker to a winger. Didn't do anything. Nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. So that's just yeah. Arsenal for you. I don't know. This season I'm not really looking at Arsenal players, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Arsenal, yeah, for me, Pepe, for me, Pepe is gonna be taking a lot it's gonna take a lot of convincing from Pepe from yeah, definitely. not just those four. There are better options, yeah. Much better. Yeah, there are better options there. So what do you make like um, the United assets? Like you, I can see two players of, from United: one Bissaka, uh, Rashford, the overperformers. One Bissaka, one Bissaka is going to be is going to um, have a a defining season because right in, now, in terms of what, attacking wise or in terms of in terms of attacking, overall. in terms of attacking, and even yeah. overall, he's def- defensively. We all know what he's capable of. Yeah. But when it comes to attack, I told you this last season that. He, yeah. The attacking onus is on him most of the time because we don't really have a, 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 a right winger for Manchester. You understand? Yeah. So now he's the one that's like before he was supposed to be the one to you know to be responsible for that whole side. But now mm-hmm. that we have a winger, um, he's going to be like a show of the right hand side. Yeah. He's not really good when it comes to um, attacking, but he's somebody that can improve a lot. You understand? Yeah, like, yeah. and now that he has help. On that side, I think his attacking numbers is going to increase. Yeah. But also, the problem is there are rumors that we are thinking of signing uh, Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to play out. Whether he's going to be signed to boost one Bissaka to give him a, like a challenge, you know, just like the way Teles was signed for for Luke Shaw. Mm-hmm. So that's what I don't know. Whether he's if that happens, it doesn't. Sometimes if you sign a player for, to compete another player in a position, it might work. Negatively, yeah, it doesn't always uh, work uh, yeah. positively for the player. Some people yeah. like competition and they, it brings out the best in them, some people don't. So, I don't yeah. know how that's going to affect if that is true. If it if he comes to Manchester, I don't know how that's going to affect uh, Ambisaka because Tripe is a very good player, he's very experienced, yeah, too. Yeah. So, he's almost, yeah, I, think, I think overall, overall, I'm not saying defensive. Overall, I think Trippier is a better I think he's a better player, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. Than, than one yeah. 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 Because one so, like you say, 
his attacking threat is just so bad. You he's, can yeah, he's, but he's, he's learning. He's learning, but it's not really there yet. You yeah, can't call yeah. him like a really uh, solid fullback. That's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Look, at, look at look at his numbers here. Um, in terms of big chance involvement, he had three over the course of thirty-eight games last season. I think that's not good enough. That's so not just good three, enough. either created or and I think one of them was his goals. Was a goal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was in the six yard or something like that. So I think he needs to get more in the box. But maybe it depends on the way the team wanna play. But looking at his numbers, I think he's more of a centre back, like a right centre back, like a team playing yeah, two five two. I've heard rumours. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard rumours too of of um uh, uh Ole wanting to change to a back three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, I think that, that that might work too. That might work for us too. Yeah. That might be best for him because he will not have to attack too much. But he, too much, his, yeah. defensive, his defensive importance can be realised. Yeah, I think during preseason we can tell what Ole is thinking and um, maybe try out some few formations to see which one works best. I think, yeah. yeah. Rashford, uh, like I think you asked about him, Rashford is going to be tricky because he, I think he's going to be out. He, he's been playing the whole season with injuries. Yeah. So I think finally they've given him break and he's going. I think, I'm not really sure whether he's had the surgery yet or whether he's going to have it next month or something. Yeah. Next month, but he's going to be out for like a few for for a few weeks, probably even yeah. a month or two. I'm not really sure to be honest. But yeah. yeah, and you know, if you are out, the team has gone ahead and got in their preseason. Everybody's fit. You need to come and start from scratch and then catch up. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe Marshall might even come and take take back the left the left hand side since Cavani is going to be the striker. So, yeah, I think one is I think Rashford is going to be out, but then uh, the left hand side is open for Marshall. So watch out for Marshall because he's really uh, putting on some some videos on you know Twitter and social media. You know, ah, okay. the comeback yeah, is on. Yeah. So. They all do they, they all do that at this, at this stage of the season. I see. I think I think us off, you know. <laughs> so. So okay. yeah, I think the one to watch out for is probably Marshall if he if he if he's fit and uh, maybe gets a few games under his belt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move down to the underperformers. I think Manchester United dominated this overall. Man United and Tottenham players dominated this. So is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Before I move, you think they dominate the overperformers? Oh, for performing, yeah. I think it's gonna get better. To be honest, I think for for Tottenham, <laughs> I don't for Tottenham. Kane might be there still. He's going to be consistent, but then I'm not sure about uh, other players. Overperformer. You think he will overperform like he did last season again? Kane, yes. Okay, I, I think so. Kane, he's he's hit that stride where he's at the at the peak of his career. You understand? Unless something yeah. drastic happens, like a change of club or a change of coach that doesn't really believe in him or something like that. You know, he's, no, he's I there. Believe, I believe. He, I believe. I believe he will get the chances. I believe he will get like 40, 50 chances every season. But in terms of overperformance, like he did last, this season, like being the highest overperformer with six goals, or like yeah, that is I think that is a, a huge number. I don't think he can replicate in terms of overperformance. Ah uh, yeah, I think they were yeah, just too much. Good. They were a counter-attack yeah. in serious threat with him and Son. So yeah. <laughs> I don't expect the same, you know, the same actually, performance. That, yeah. The funny thing is, I think Kane overperformed half of he like more than ninety percent of his overperformance happened in the first half of the season. You remember that? Yeah, and the second half, that was it, yeah. It was second half, much, was completely uh, down yeah. when it comes yeah. to So, yeah, I think it's going to even out a little bit, kind of. So, like they say, the stats will even out sometimes. You know, it'll cancel out each other at the end of the day. But, yeah, United 2, yeah, I think you created a lot of chances and heavily relied on overperforming players. So, next season, um, that might dip a little bit, I think. 
for United unless the quality improves. And then the quality, is, the, the quality is going to improve, and I think defensively yeah. we're going to improve tremendously if we get the targets that we set out to get. Like but yeah, Manchester. overall, overall the attack is going to change, and we might yeah. see a different dimension to Manchester. Uh, hopefully, yeah. that's what I'm hoping. Inter- inter- interesting. So let's move <laughs> yeah. down to the underperforming players. Um, okay. Usually, this is my most interesting part when it comes to numbers, because it shows you the players that we are doing really well. But then people did not take notice of it because of the way we are not scoring goals. Because you know, form is very important when it comes to playing FPL and things. So when players are scoring a lot of goals, we tend to think about these players more. We don't tend to think about the players who are having chances, who are creating chances. And underperformance show you the players who were in those categories. So there is the table for underperforming players. Like I mentioned, Maupe of, of Brighton was the highest underperformer of all players. Of course, the top three, you can simply say they were not quality players. Like ex- ex- except for Lukman, he's a quality player. And, uh, maybe he created a lot of chances, and then the likes of Cavalero were missing the chances. The likes of Mitrovic were missing the chances. So that's why his underperformance is high because of other players, not his, not for, not, not himself. But Maupe, he's a striker. Obviously, he's gonna be at the end of chances. So he was having a lot of chances, but he was missing them. So that's why he became the highest underperformer of the season. And this contributed in Brighton being one of the highest underperformers as a team in terms of attack, which they ended up with that. So this is why for Brighton, I am very skeptical when it who is going to be their main striker this season. Is it going to be Welbeck? He did well when he came into the team la- last season. Or is it going to be a new striker coming in like a Tammy Abraham or something? Welbeck, Welbeck is not really one of the best finishers in the game. <laughs> no, he's not the best, but he was well, much better than, 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 than Mopi when he came okay. to the team. Yeah. Okay. So if he is the main striker in the team at six million, he could be a very interesting pick. He's yeah. a better finisher. He played for a big team. He played at the at Man United and Arsenal, and he was scoring goals not as regularly as the team level, as the bumper. Just the injuries, yeah. Arsenal. By the time he got he it, he got it form, yeah. By the time he got it, but we know he's a good player, right? So he's, he's a better he's finisher than Maupe. So if he gets a full season under his belt, like he if he plays the whole season without injuries, he could be a very interesting pick as a main striker for Brighton because Brighton create chances. Definitely. Okay. And then another interesting one on the table is Ailing. He is fourth highest underperformer. I keep talking about Ailing. A defender. <laughs> a defender. Fourth highest underperformer of the season. He had six of course his big chance involvement is not is not much. But six is quite decent. If you consider we just talk about one Bisaka, he only had three. They are three. right back. Ailing has doubled that. But one Bisaka ended the season with seven goals involvement because of the quality of Finishes at Man United compared to Leeds United. So, Ailing at this, and then I expect Leeds to get better. And I expect him to get luckier when it comes to his chances. I expect him to score. I expect him to create chances this season. And Leeds defensively, like I alluded earlier, they should be okay. They, will, they should be better with Lorente in the team. So, and Ailing at 4.5 million this season. I think that is a that's very, a very, very good, good price. price. Yeah, that's a very, very good. He's I think he's a bit, the, that's mm, too mm. cheap. Yeah, that's cheap for him. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to be in my team, unfortunately. You know, um, we play FPL based on like the fixtures, like the form. So maybe Ailing play in the first game away from home, which is not the greatest game. But this does not mean we don't think Ailing is a very good pick. He's a very, very good pick. If we are picking like a dead team, I think Ailing will be in our dead team, all of us, because of this, this, this thing. Um, yeah, overperformance and the important, yeah, like the interesting player, like the players at the top echelon, like Salah is the highest, I think, when you consider the top 10 players, like attacking players, like he had 
He was ninth in the overperformance table. Firmino again, like you say, that's what is a normal one. We understand. <laughs> De Bruyne, I'm surprised to see De Bruyne. De Bruyne's name here. Yeah. yeah, De Bruyne, I'm not surprised for me because De Bruyne is the one who creates a lot of chances, right? He's the so most yeah, he's, player in the league. Yeah. So his overperformance basically comes from him creating chances and others not taking Yeah, the, the law of averages, yeah. He creates so yeah, more he's numbers in them. Yeah. yeah. And okay. there is... Kay Adams and Varna. You see Varna. Varna too is normal. Timo, <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, it's like they, they Chelsea signed uh, Timo Werner and then they broke him. Like the guy, his confidence is shot. He's gone. Like you can tell he does the difficult things. It's easy for him. But then the easy things like beating the player and, you know, getting the chance, he does them perfectly. No problem. But then to slot the ball inside, it's like... <laughs> It's like the cost of drug buys all over all over him again. I don't understand. So yeah. you know when Chelsea signed Shevchenko, they were expecting that oh they were going to, and then Drogba was there, but then Shevchenko just became a different player altogether. So I think I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I hope they give him another chance um this coming season. But I hope they don't sign any striker and just give him a second chance to see what happens. Yeah. Well, Chelsea are, are very keen on a striker, like we like Sonny mentioned last time when he came to the port. Um, they are thinking of Haaland. I think they are actually progressing with that that one. But I you don't think, think the deal will happen. I don't think, I don't the deal think will happen. Not, not this season. I don't, I don't think, think so. the they can't, they can't but lose. They are, yeah, but there is progress in that talks and there is more talks, you know, and when these things happen, when these rumors go around, yeah, it, it can happen. So I I will not be surprised if it happens. But yeah, like you say, Dortmund, this season, they will not want to lose two. They can't lose two of their best players. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. But, but well, then it's a COVID season. It's a COVID season. And we know how things are struggling uh, financially. So you never know, you never know. So for me, I will not rule it. I, I will not say it will not happen, but um, it is a bit unlikelier than than likely. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I think, and yeah, finally, let's just look at the defenders, <laughs> attacking defenders. Finally, oh, yeah. we'll to our drafts. Yeah, this is okay. the, the chart for the attacking defenders. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, when it comes to big chances created and big chances involvement, at the top you have Trent Robertson. The, over, the underperformance, again, you can see more about the underperformance for Liverpool. Trent and, and Robertson, they both underperformed last season. Um, and then at the top, in terms of overperformance, you see Creswell. He was a very good player last year, but he created a lot of chances and he involved in a lot of chances as well. So he overperformed. So that is okay. If you are creating a lot and overperforming, that is okay. But if you are not creating a lot and not overperforming, then that is a problem. Um, but with Creswell, that's okay. Kufal. Kufal, yeah. Yeah, Kufal is a very interesting one. He does not take a lot of set pieces or a lot of uh, he, most of his chance creation is coming from open play. That makes him a better option for me. Yeah, better like, than than, well. yeah. than, 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 than because Creswell has to rely heavily on set pieces set and pieces, stuff like that yeah. to create chances. Yeah, and you see Elin over there. He's in the top twenty uh, performing players uh, defenders, but he's the highest underperformer. This makes him even a more interesting one. And another player that I'm very interested in is Lutin of 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 Burnley. We know Burnley is a very solid team defensively, right? Yeah, I remember his his hole, his hole. Yeah, his hole, his 15 point hole. But he is also hole. very involved when it comes to big chances. He had eight big chance involvement. That was eight in the league. Only seven players had created or involved in more big chances than him last season. And then that added to Brighton uh, Burnley being a very good defensive team. Makes him even a very, very good option at 4.5 million. So for me, Aileen and, and Lotin are the two best 4.5 million defenders in the in the league. And this is based on defensive potential, 
attacking potential and they play games. They almost play the yeah, whole they, game. Yeah, they play almost. They are different from they are different, from, yeah. they are different from Lamptey, for example. Lamptey was injured for most of the season. Of course, we know what he offers going forward, but you cannot guarantee that he will stay. He's injury prone, prone, yeah. He's injury prone. And these two are staying on the pitch all the time. So 4.5 million, you cannot get better than Lautin and, and Ailing, in my opinion. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think for me, it's Kufal is one. He's already in my draft. Uh, Kufal, uh, like Ailing, like bringing this... Because before I remember um, when we started this, the, the season last season, I had him in my draft or in my team. Yeah. I can't remember because he was highly recommended when he, when he was... We didn't know much about Leeds assets, but when people were talking about him, they were talking about him and Dallas. Yeah. So yeah, I think Ailing too is... But, Lotin was like a bench for that. Like all of a sudden, the fifteen points was really difficult for me to accept. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh yeah, he's a good player. A good yeah, player. but yeah, like you say, uh, Kufal, yeah, is the better. But Kufal is five million, so I am pointing at uh, Lotin and Ailing as four point five million options. I think there is no better four point five options than that. Yeah. I know people are talking about uh, what is his name, Fofana of 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 Leicester because but he does not offer any attacking threat and leave Leicester. Yeah. It's a it's a decent defensive team. But they are not the best defensive team in the league. They are just mid mid range defensive team, like a top six defensive team, something like that. But attacking wise, Fofana does not offer you anything going forward. So for that reason, I don't think he's a good option for me personally. I want my defender to offer me some attacking returns as well. So yeah, but yeah, I think um, we covered player performance of last season and uh, the team performance of last season, which gives us a context. Now we just have to remember what we see on players and what we what, what they offer. To get our teams but this is just to give you the idea of in terms of numbers how they perform uh, okay. i think i think we did well in that <laughs> and yeah if of course if you are listening to the pod you might not get the idea very well but if you are looking at the screen it makes it even much better and like yeah. someone mentioned earlier, it's an idea, we, yeah. this this podcast will be posted on youtube so it will be better to, to watch the, the visuals than just to listen to the pod yeah okay so that's uh, the end of our section on the stats from last season. So I hope it gives us an idea as to maybe um, trying to pick players based on last season's performance. And this doesn't include, obviously, the players that are coming in the new from the new teams as well as the new transfers. But it gives us an idea as to like if those players were to continue this trend, um, which players are worth your what having in your teams. But yeah, I think I've learned a lot so far. So moving on to the final final part of this part, which is the drafts. Obviously, we know drafts are drafts for a reason. We're going to change them consistently all over before the first uh, game week. But yeah, yeah um, we'll start with mine. Yeah. First, uh, I think I'll just mention the, the players that I have in my, in my draft, and then you will ask me questions. Like, what was my yeah. thinking? So my uh, team, as it stands now, which is which we are recording today. Here it's it's Friday, almost eleven o'clock here in uh, the US. What time is it over there in Japan? Um, it's almost three fifteen in Japan. Okay, so uh, this is our draft for now. <laughs> you know that for a fact it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get changed multiple times over and over again. So yeah, uh, so without further ado, um, my first eleven. Yeah. In. In goal, we have Sanchez of Burnley. Uh, is it Burnley? Yeah, yeah, Brighton. Yeah, he plays Burnley in the first game. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was surprised. Like, what's going on? Okay, yeah, my mistake. Of Brighton, yeah, uh, Sanchez, and then we have uh, Trent. Liverpool, we have Kufal. 
Well, first things first, I'm going with a 3-4-3 formation. I like to have three strikers. Okay. Uh, I think maybe it's the balance in the team, but I like to have three strikers because I feel like most of the goals come from the striking. I'm totally different from Chama, who likes to have more midfielders because the points come from there. If midfielders score, you have more points. But I'm more of a strikers guy. I just think, uh, yeah, that's just my thing. Yeah. So, yeah, without talking too much. Uh, so, Trent, I have Kufal of um, West Ham, and I also have Shaw. Yeah. of Manchester United. Uh, but with Shaw, I think this might change a bit because I have my thinking that um, based on his uh, involvement in the Euros, yeah. he might be given one or two weeks off uh, longer than the players that are supposed to come back. And that might affect his preparation for the start of the season. But yeah, we are not sure about that. So let's see how things go in the preseason and then we can tell. So for now, he's yeah. in my draft. Yeah, and then in midfield, we have Salah, obviously, captain. Mm-hmm. Of Liverpool, we have Fernandez. He's also um, somebody who I think might may or may not play in the first games, but yeah, he's still there because he's a popular pick, obviously. And then Grealish, whose future is still uncertain with Man City bidding, but Grealish is Grealish, man. Honestly, you can't afford not to have him in your team. <laughs> anyway, that's me. And then Rafinha. So Salah, Fernandez, Grealish, Rafinha uh, of Leeds. And then in striking, we have Watkins of Aston Villa and then Ihinacho of, of Leicester and then Tony. This Tony is based on, is in Brentford and I've heard good things about him. So, um, this team, like I said, Chama multiple times, I'm choosing a team based on popularity. I'm going for a most yeah. template team that you can ever get because last season yeah. I did the opposite and it came back to haunt me. Yeah. You understand? So now I'm trying to get a template team and then move towards my own team or a, a, a slightly differential team maybe between game week three and six but for now mm-hmm. i want to start and be on the same playing level field with everybody else and then change it from there and then in uh my bench i have foster of uh watford and then that's the keeper second keeper and then lamty of brighton of course and then i have omobamidele of one of the new teams, Norwich, and then is, I that have the is that the name that's way you to get that player? Is it Midele, yeah, he's my, he's my Nigerian brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, the free spot in your team, huh? That's the free spot in my team is a bench for so <laughs> and then I have Bisuma, yeah. So that's my team, man. Uh, Chama, the questions, yeah, of what course. Um, yeah, of course, the defense, I think, um, it's a very I like the defense because it's not heavy. But you have a couple of uh, players who will give you points if need be. Lamptey can come in and give you a six point if he, if he keeps a clean sheet or something like that. Bizuma, of course, you will not expect anything more than a two points. But, of course, two is better than zero. So if a player does, did not play, Bizuma can always give you those two points. And, yeah, goalkeeper, sometimes it's not so important to get... Like, like if, uh, Foster can might even play. You never know. We are talking about the new Brighton goalkeeper, guy, like the new Watford goalkeeper. But Foster was injured when he came in. So you never know who's going to start the season. So Foster was first choice at the start of the season. And then the new goalkeeper came in and become the first choice. But of course, he's a very, very good goalkeeper. He's the international goalkeeper for, for Australia. So that will maybe put him in a better position to start. But you, we will not be surprised if we see Foster. Foster, if they are not doing well and Foster playing. So it's a good good pick too. Over with Dele, I don't know much about him. But yeah. <laughs> so now, um, looking at your, 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 your defense, that uh, you mentioned, I think Sanchez is a popular pick, the goalkeeper. So, because of Brighton's potential. So, I have nothing to say there. 
um, because I think he's my draft to Trent. I think he's a no-brainer for every FPL manager to have His numbers are crazy. Liverpool are going to improve defensively, so not much. Kufal is a very, very, very good player. He plays Newcastle in the first game. Uh, and West Ham have a very decent start of the season. Yeah, it's a matter of choice there. Um, personally, I was thinking to go with uh, with a high, like big at the back or something like that. And I was thinking of the players, uh, the bigger team, the team players in the bigger clubs like the Trent, the uh, Robos, the Shaws and something, the Dinias, who is having oh, a home game. But yeah, Kufal is a good pick. Newcastle is not the best team in the league. So Kufal, away to Newcastle, is a very, very good pick. I think your defense looks very, very solid. I'm even admiring your defense. And um, Shaw, yeah, Shaw, Shaw is... Shaw is Shaw, man. Shaw better can yeah, so we know, Carlos, we know, we know what is capable of. <laughs> yeah, hope, hopefully he can uh, replicate his Euro form into the Premier League because at the end of the last season, he was doing a lot of involvement in terms of big chances, but he was not clear, but he was not turning into goals or something. And uh, yeah, I think he created the second highest number of chances in the league after Trent, uh, in defenders after Trent or something like that. But his big chance involvement was very low. Like the tables we just shared this course, you cannot see so on in, the, in those tables because he did not create a lot of big chances or something like that, where we focus only on big chances and big chances uh, created. Um, yeah, hopefully he will improve. But in the Euro, he was creating them for fun. He was having them for fun, his goal and something like that. So I'm hoping that he can translate his Euro form into the league, which will improve him. Of course, I, that would be crazy for me to say he will his real form is better than the league. He was very good in the league, very consistent. But in yeah. terms of FPL, giving you the points, he was not doing as, as regular as we would like in the second half of the season. So if you do that, that will be fine. So he's in my draft for sure. And yeah, I am a bit worried about him and Grealis, but not Bruno Fernandes when it comes to me starting the season. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm worried about Shaw and, and, and Grealis because they will come a bit too later than Bruno Fernandes. So Bruno, I expect they play the finals, yeah. to return like next week or something like that so i don't think an issue of burnout or, or being involved in the euros is an issue there with, with bruno but Grealish, yeah he's a big issue there um and in terms of in your midfield too really i i really don't have anything to say there salah bruno those are good picks Grealish, if he plays if he starts he has three great fixtures watford is the toughest one and that is at, away from home and watford are just team getting promoted so you would expect Grealish to to do like to like do great things in that game Rafinha, yeah, that one is the... That is the only, yeah. The, the one I'm skeptical with because of my... I think so. And, and the picture oh. that they have, yeah. Yeah, but I will, not, I will not be surprised if they come out with all guns blazing against Manchester United. <laughs> okay, I will just give you my reason. Leeds is the first team that returned from, for preseason. Among all teams in the league, they return one week earlier than any team in the league. And we know this team is a team that focuses on fitness. Fitness. So they're gonna build their fitness, and Manchester United with the number of players they had going into the Euros, we're gonna start and, slow. Yeah, we start slow, and this is gonna fly. Last season they started away to Liverpool, and Liverpool started preseason later than them. Yeah, Liverpool were lucky in that game, scored two penalties. These were not so solid defensively. The game ended four three. Leeds still managed to score three goals, created a lot of chances against Liverpool. So I will not be surprised if Leeds come out flying. So Rafinha, I am. Thinking, I'm not getting him because it's Manchester United. But I don't think that's a difficult fixture. It's not going to be as difficult as if it was Man United in the middle of the season. So even though it's away at home, and last season I think they lost their 6-2, and Rafinha got two assists in that game. So you, I cannot 
uh, I, I can see him getting a return in that game. Even if Man United is going to win 3-2 or something like that, I can see him getting involved in this. So it's a very good pick. I'm not just going to go for him because I think other players have a better fixture. <laughs> and you know I'm a fixture yeah, yeah, fixture. So yeah, yeah. fixture. So I'm going to go that, 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 that way. Um, looking in your attack, again, I cannot say much. Watkins, he's a no-brainer. Aston Villa's fixtures are great. Uh, Hinacho playing against a Wolf team that is just coming back into th- uh, like with a new manager and things like that after their four season last season. Hinacho is a no brainer, and, and his form also you, you, you cannot you cannot you cannot fault him. Yeah. Tony, like you say, he's a, he 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 came with forty one goal involvement in the Champions League. Everything that happens at Brighton, at at at, at Brentford happens through Tony. Goals, assists, he does everything there. So if they are gonna score a goal, Tony is gonna be involved. So I cannot fault your team one bit, to be honest. It is a perfect team. <laughs> um, but yeah, is... based on my preference with fixtures and something like that, I, I might change a little. I, I might change. But in terms of the team, I cannot say anything really, really um, bad. For, in, uh, yeah, this is, this is what I was going for. Because to be honest, it's a good team. I, I didn't think that bringing out a template team would be, would turn out to have actually translate to having actually a good team on, on paper, the way it looks. But uh, yeah, it's a template team. You can see, very template. Um, you can check all the players. Yeah. So um, let's do yours now. Okay. Do you have any questions? That's it. Any questions for my team? No, no, no. no. To be honest, I don't. I don't Perfect. have any questions. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I think I would rate this team. If I was rating a team, I would rate this team at least nine out of ten or something. It's uh-huh. difficult to rate a team ten out of ten. But yeah, Perfect. nine out of ten, I would give it. A, I would give it to your team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you go through your team and then, uh, yeah, tell us about your yeah, team. Yeah, it's my team. Um, yeah, I think with Simila Sanchez in goal, Trent, Dinia. So um, I went with the a little bit heavy at the back. And in midfield, I went with Mount, um, Greenwood, Ismail Asar, Bruno Fernandes, captain. Uh, I think I didn't mention, I didn't talk about your captaincy because you, you went with Salah for the first game. Salah, I yeah. Bruno, I went with Bruno, um, Salah. And in forward, I went with. Uh, Watkins and Temi Abraham. I know there will be a big question on Temi Abraham there, <laughs> but yeah, bring it on. And in 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 my bench, I have uh, Gon. Gon, he just signed for Norwich from uh, Southampton. He used to be a first choice at Southampton, so maybe he might be a first choice. And he's a four million goalkeeper, so he might be the. I th- because when I was choosing my four million goalkeeper, I was trying to look at the goalkeeper that is closest to being number one in his team. Then, then they are number one. They are calling number one. So I see Gon as the closest one to challenging for number one than the other goalkeepers four million. So that's why I went with Gon. And in, in my bench, I have Target. Um, I this and I don't know his name to be honest. What for the striker? Awokoya. Maybe he's a four point five million striker. They just signed him to. I was trying to find a four point five million striker that will start. <laughs> I don't even think he will start. But that's it. And then I went with Mankiyo. The bench for the. Yeah, he's a four million defender. Former Liverpool player, yeah. Yeah, and he's the closest four million defender to starting. So there, that is my team. Um, any any takes? Yeah, I mean that the midfield. Uh, it's impressive to be honest. Uh, I think Sar a lot of he's getting a lot of um, you know, props from uh, players. I mean, managers on, on social media. But I don't know. I don't. I don't have a good feeling about Watford. But who knows? Sar is a good player, anyways. Yeah. So your defense is solid. Dinya is a good is a good choice. He's heavy at the back, even though he's three, but yeah, he's still top 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 defense. Um, but what's what's um what's your thinking going with Mount? 
and Greenwood. Okay, yeah. Um, with Mount, I know Chelsea have a very good start. Um, that is Crystal Palace. After that, they have a very tough three fixtures coming up. But we are blessed. To, like as FPL managers, we always have one free transfer to make, right? So that free transfer, I'm already thinking about it. Who I'm gonna get rid of? So Mount could be that player who goes after the Crystal Palace. I see the Crystal Palace game as an exceptionally good game for Chelsea. Crystal Palace are complete in transition. They are going to have a completely different squad, a completely new squad. So that is a good fixture to have. And then Mount as a player himself, he, in the second half of the season, his involvement was exceptionally great. He was in the top 10, if I'm not wrong, for big chances involvement in the league. And he was the highest underperformer after Salah in the second half of the season. So he was creating a lot, but Chelsea were not converting a lot of chances. Chelsea, that's why they are underperformers in the second half of the season. So I see Mount as the crucial, like the instrumental player in the Chelsea in the Chelsea attack, in, in Chelsea midfield and attack, if you combine them together. He's the instrumental player who will give you minutes, who will start games. Of course, he is from the Euros. He played the finals. He played for about 110 minutes or something like that. So there is some issue of if he will be back and he will be available for the first game. But if he is available, and that I can judge based on their preseason games and stuff like that, when he returns to preseason and things like that. So I have to monitor that situation. But if I am guaranteed that he's going to start in the first game, I cannot see why I'm not going to get mad because of his performance over the second half of the season and Crystal Palace's uh, transition into a new team. So I see Chelsea winning that game easily and I can see him out coming in um, with a very good score because he will start game. And Greenwood, like you mentioned earlier, Rashford is now injured. Before the Rashford injured, he was not in my plans. Especially after Sancho signed, he was no more in my plans. But now Rashford is back, is injured. So that means that left wing spot can be his own because uh, Sancho can occupy the spot Rashford will leave if he is to start the first game. And now you it think, depends on you think, like, Green, you, think, you think Greenwood can play right wing and then Sancho goes to the left. Yeah, yes, that's, that's 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 possible. That's the thing uh, for me. Yeah. For me, I I think Cavani might not be a player you can play each and every week. Yeah. So I think he's going to be the striker. Him and Cavani are going to be alternating strikers for Manchester yeah. this coming season. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good choice. It's actually it's a good. Yeah, choice. That, that's the thing. That's another option. That's another choice. But. For Greenwood, we know he's versatile. Over the yeah, last season, he's a striker by trade, but most of the time he plays as a like a like because Man United play four three three, so he plays in that three like the Salah role, the Salah the role Salah plays for Liverpool. You know Salah sometimes he plays as a nine at Liverpool. So Greenwood yeah. is this same caliber. He can play as that left-sided attacking midfielder, left-sided attacking player, attacking forward, or as a central striker. So he can so that even increases his chances of play because. While he's rotating with Cavani in the number nine, he can also occupy this left wing because there is not many players, not many options for Man United there. Of mm-hmm. course, Sancho can move to the right and play as a right winger. But as we know, nowadays, footballers like to play as an inverted player. If you are left-footed, you want to play on the right. If you are right-footed, you want to play on the left because you can cut inside and score with your with your stronger foot. So for that reason, Greenwood is now back heavily back into my plans. Man United fixtures are great. Greenwood has rested. He didn't go to the Euros. Yeah, he's he's don't have Rashford right now. So even if he plays as a attacking, that's yeah. And Sad, you mentioned Sad. Yeah, Sad. I think he has a good pedigree in the league. 
Um, uh, he was there last season before last, and he did well. He dismantled Liverpool, so just for that, I can pick him. I think that. I think it's and, maybe maybe it's you, you you guys are thinking about uh, <laughs> the damage he did. So maybe it's some kind of. Um, no, but he has a very strong because uh, Watford changed your manager, and when the new manager came in, he had a very right. strong season. Of course, at the start okay. of the season, there were links with Liverpool. Watford rejected a bit, and then we are thinking about uh, we are asking oh, okay. about this. And then that kind of get into his mind. He did not have the greatest start in the Champions League. Oh, but in the second okay. half of the season, when he put his foot head down, he was doing absolutely exceptionally well. He was their best performer during that period. And then, like I say, he did well in the Premier League. Watford and counter-attacking team. And the main counter-attacking outlet is going to be sad. He's the fastest player in the team. So if they're playing counter, he's going to be the main outlet. Okay. So, yeah, I think Sad is a no-brainer for me to start with. And finally, um, Tammy. Abraham, what's your thinking behind <laughs> getting him in your team? Because, to be honest, um, Chelsea right now, I don't know. Maybe, okay, you explain it so that we can understand. Yeah, of, of course. I'm not thinking Tammy as a Chelsea asset. If he's going to stay at Chelsea, he's not going to be in my team, 100%. I'm only thinking that because uh, there are links. West Ham are interested in him. Um, Aston Villa are interested in him. I even had Arsenal recently are interested in him. And the Brighton fans are, like, for example, as of, of, of FPL Black Box. He's dreaming that Abraham goes to Brighton and be their striker. So, yeah, he's been linked with teams. So, if he moves, he's going to be my number one striker in the, in, in the fantasy game, if he moves. But if he does not, if he's going to get me and stay at Chelsea, he's going to be really down my picking order. So, he's there because I'm, I'm anticipating him moving for now. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, it's a solid team, to be honest, man. Um, it's, it just shows a variation of what you can have. You can see similarities in both, both of our teams that yeah. these players that we have are, are top players and they should be in almost every team. But yeah, it's, this is a, it's a good analogy, uh, a mentality or let's say thinking in both of our teams. I'm going for the template. You have a slightly different one and it's still, you know, viable. So yeah. Um, so any last uh, thoughts before we close? It's been an interesting part, man. Honestly. Yeah, it has been an interesting <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we have some things down the line. I think we will discuss about the promoted teams and the promoted or the new players in the league in our next pod. So, guys, you should just watch out for that one. And yeah, to support the pod, just um, follow us on, uh, like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, for, subscribe to our, our, our podcast feeds, and also to follow us on Twitter. And if you can share, like our podcast, that will help us grow as a as a channel or something like that. So yeah, we're looking forward. Yeah, we we're looking forward to the new season coming up. So yeah, let's 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 ride along together. It's exciting, man. So yeah, there you have it. Um, it's been a good one. So listeners, as always, please support the pod. We are the Quote Classic FPL Podcast. Um, catch you guys on our next episode um, for the preseason. Uh, yeah. Bye, guys.